0: It's time for Herd Mentality, the weekly episode where you control the discussion today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate you all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the On Podcast Network your team every day well folks i gotta tell you what i was itching to record another episode kind of just waiting we had the big naheem heinz news on monday and then there's like this lull between that right now and then when our next episode's going to be which is wednesday afternoon And so I was itching to record. I didn't want to go from Monday afternoon until Wednesday afternoon without an episode. I had some herd mentality items that if I didn't get to them now, it might be a while. So here we are. I wanted to spend a little time, give you a little bite-sized episode to help us pass the time until we get that big rush of news that we're expecting on Wednesday. And then, of course, I'll be back here for you Wednesday afternoon to Uh, recap everything that happened on day one of Buffalo Bills training camp. So we're going to do some herd mentality today. Again, not a full slate of herd mentality items, uh, but there are some great stuff or great things that I would like to get to. Uh, Real quick, we did have a couple of newsy items, not fully official, but there's been some reports out there that the Bills signed tight end Jay Sternberger and running back Darrington Evans. And we talked about them yesterday on the podcast. And once they're official, I'll break them down just a little bit more. But those two players were brought in for workouts. They were signed. It makes sense. The Bills needed another running back with Naheem Hines out for the season. So Darrington Evans, a speedy running back, makes a lot of sense to replace him. And then Jay Sternberger uh, with the Bills really not having much competition for Quentin Morris, right? You had... Nick Gugamos and Joel Wilson. Sternberger is an upgrade to those two players that can push Q Morris and give yourself another uh, talented option there at tight end. So we'll break them down further tomorrow once they're official. Uh, but just wanted to kind of put that out there to begin our conversation today. In addition to there being um, no reports on what the corresponding moves are, we know that the Bills uh, will probably put Naheem Hines on injured reserve or do something with him. That will be. Corresponding move number one, but if they sign both players, they'll need to have another roster spot. Maybe that comes in the form of guys going on the pup list. So we'll see. But I'm interested in knowing what the corresponding moves are to make room for these two new players. Also, for those who were wondering, we saw some pictures of uh, the players reporting for camp on Tuesday. Of course, through the official team social media, and Stefan Diggs is there. So uh, any. Concerned that he wasn't going to show up for camp can be dismissed. He's there, and um, I'm eager to hear from him, hopefully, on day one of camp. If I'm the Bills, I'm putting Steph Diggs out there day one and letting the whole world know that this is a complete non-story. So we'll see how that all unfolds very, very soon. All right, let's get into these herd mentality items. Got a handful for you today. The first one comes from Mark. Mark says, now that there is this question mark at linebacker, and Sean McDermott and yourself keep alluding to Taylor Rapp being involved in the game plan more, do you think that this is coming in terms of Taryn Johnson coming off the field or minus a linebacker, and what is the percentage do you think they can use him or you would like him to be used? Like the question, I think Taylor Rapp is a player that can add a lot to the defense. He's a starting caliber safety that's very versatile. Very good tackler, good speed, can play in deep zones, has some man coverage appeal. He's a versatile defender. That should be a starting safety for somebody in the NFL. And instead, he's safety three behind Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde in Buffalo. And if I'm the Bills, I'm thinking a lot about how I can get value out of him this year. And I think part of doing that is it gives you some information on who Taylor Rapp is, and you can consider if he's going to be a successor for Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde in future years. So I think you have this great opportunity to get something from him now and maybe even more from him in the future. Obviously, special teams will be a big part of what Taylor Rapp does for this football team, but working him into the defensive game plan is going to be fascinating because typically you would take out, I guess, Taron Johnson to include Taylor Rapp on the field. And folks, I'm not interested in taking off Taron Johnson for Taylor Rapp. I like Taylor Rapp, but it ain't like that. You're not going to take off an outstanding player in Taron Johnson to get Taylor Rapp on the field. And so I think he makes most sense to come into the game as a sub for the middle linebacker, Right, your obvious long and late passing downs. Um, or you would be comfortable putting Taylor Rapp on the field to give yourself more athleticism, more coverage ability, and still a really good tackler, but not necessarily as concerned with him having to play downhill into the line of scrimmage. I think about you know if you want to do some cover two stuff and trust him to get depth into the deep middle of the field, he can give you that. Um, and so I think obvious passing situations, long and late downs, I'm wanting to consider taking my middle linebacker off the field to put Taylor Rapp out there and. You know, potentially making the defense even more big play. In terms of a percentage of snaps for Taylor Rapp, I would guess somewhere around twenty percent. So like fifteen to twenty five percent on defense, you know, assuming everyone's healthy. Obviously, if Hyde or Poyer miss any time, he'll play a whole lot more. But in a situation where everyone's healthy, I would guess, you know, fifteen to twenty five percent of the snaps, I think that's a healthy amount, in addition to being a multi phase special teams contributor. So what Taylor Rapp does this year is going to be fun to see um, and can really add a, a new layer to this defense uh, with his versatility and kind of a shift from the Bills being this static group of personnel in terms of back seven defenders for years. It's really just been the same same seven guys always on the field in the back seven. Now you have some potential for some options. And of course, Taylor Rapp is the headliner there. Next one here comes from Carissa. Carissa says, I just saw on Twitter that the show quarterback is being renewed for a second season on Netflix. How would you feel if the show followed Josh Allen and the Bills? Do you think it'd be detrimental and distracting? I think considering Mahomes won a ring while filming, it couldn't be too in the way. Yeah, I'll tell you what. um, I've loved the quarterback series from uh, Netflix um it's been awesome. It's it's something it's the stuff I love, right? I love football, I love the behind the scenes stuff and you know, they really give you some really exclusive access and getting to see more of what makes Patrick Mahomes great and seeing Kirk Cousins and what he puts into being uh an NFL starting quarterback and you know, Marcus Mariota in kind of a really challenging season for him but having a front row seat to some of that stuff is really really cool. And yeah, the whole distracting part is pretty much gone with Mahomes being the headliner for the show and Mahomes going out and being the NFL MVP and winning the Super Bowl. Um, So yeah, I think that argument went out the door. Although just before I started recording this podcast, I saw on Twitter that Justin Fields, the Bears quarterback, was approached about being featured on this season's uh, you know, series of, of quarterback. And he said, no, because he thought it would be a distraction. So, you know, I think a younger player like that, I would get it. And I can appreciate what Pete Manning, uh, is the executive producer of the show. He was on the Pat McAfee show. And I listened to that, uh, interview and Peyton said, look, when I was a younger player, I probably wouldn't have wanted it to happen. But when I got older, you know, I may have been more open to it and really think it would be a great thing to be able to sh- share with his family um and you know his younger kids as they grow up and say hey look this is this is what I did right and and that would be really cool all that to say that I would love for Josh Allen to be on this show would love it uh, not just because of peaking you know my curiosity is is very high for Josh Allen and learning more about his process and what you know he puts in uh to getting ready for a game in a season right I want to see that um but I just feel like with some of the concerns that exist about Josh Allen and his process, whether it's off season or in season and, you know, maximizing his physical prime, you know, what does he put into that? I I, I want to see it. I want to know. I want to get some clarity there. So obviously I'm curious and I'm a fan of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, but also I want to take what I learned from watching the series covering Pat Mahomes and Marcus Mariota and Kirk Cousins and, you know, compare that to Josh Allen and what he's putting in to gain more perspective on what Josh Allen is doing. And if he's really putting everything he has into this to maximize his physical prime, Carissa had a second part of her question. And that is, I enjoyed the scene where Patrick Mahomes talked about the chiefs players creating plays with the offensive coordinator and head coach. Is this standard for NFL playmaking or something special that the Chiefs do? If not standard, do the Bills do this too? I'm not sure I can fully answer this question because I don't know. But I do think that I've seen enough stuff like this, and you listen to the Play Caller series uh, that came out on the Athletic Football uh, podcast feed, and you can understand that this stuff does happen in the NFL, and it's important that it does, and it should, right? Because there's an ownership that happens when it's your idea. Um, And I think collaborating with your key players and assistant coaches on uh, play design and um, game plan and all that type of stuff is, is absolutely essential to successful NFL teams. And so I would hope that those types of things happen in Buffalo. And I'd be very disappointed if they didn't. Again, that ownership component, uh, being able to be heard, um, being valued, all that type of stuff is critical, and I, I'd i be very disappointed if those dynamics weren't true for the Buffalo Bills. All right, we got a bunch more to get to here, but first, I need to tell you all about Better Help. This episode is brought to you by Better Help. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while navigating life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk things through. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash All right, folks, the next one here comes from Dave. Dave says the New York Jets will be the team featured on Hired Knocks. They couldn't decline because of the rules. A lot of teams do, and it seems the Bills are in this group. Do you think it could have been a good thing for the team to be featured on HBO or is it just too much to handle? Good question here. I, I think I'd certainly be interested in the bills being on hard knocks. I'd love to see the behind the scenes stuff and all that, right? It's always fun. I love watching hard knocks every year, but the criteria to be on hard knocks is going to be hard to fit the bills into it. So three things, uh, dictate the team's eligible to be on Hard Knocks. Number one is you can't have participation in the program over the last decade. Now, the Bills don't fall into that bucket, and and they will make exceptions, right? But if you've been on the program in the last decade, you're not supposed to be eligible again. Number two is that no postseason berth in the previous two campaigns. So the Bills are, you know, they've been in the playoffs five of the last six years. So that's going to be tough. And hopefully, hopefully they're never eligible, right? Um, Hopefully the Bills don't have multiple years in a row uh, without getting to the playoffs or any years in a row. I'm not ready to live in that world again. And then the other one is that you cannot have a first year head coach. So that actually would um, put the Bills into the bucket. But again, they'd have to miss the playoffs for two years in a row and retain Sean McDermott. Uh, to be eligible, I know that there can be exceptions they 've proven that before, um, but as it stands, the bills don 't really come close to qualifying for the criteria uh, that makes you eligible for hard knocks. Next one comes from Danny Danny says the offensive line play last year was pretty bad. Josh was pressured way too much. how much if how much is of this is bad blocking and missed assignments from the offensive line, and how much is Josh maybe calling the wrong protection scheme in the huddle. So Josh Allen gets pressured. I mean, I don't I don't know that he gets pressured at a ridiculous rate. Um, he does get pressured. And I think there's a, a number of factors to be mindful of when you consider Josh Allen and how often he faces pressure. Uh, first of all, from a protection standpoint, I do think you have offensive linemen that get beat. Uh, that happens in the NFL. You're not going to Always be able to keep Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald and and all these great pass rushers away from your quarterback. They're very good, and they create a lot of pressure, and so that just is going to happen. Your offensive linemen are going to get beat one-on-one. You also have have had some issues with protection schemes, where I think uh, opposing defenses were able to really stress the protection schemes and have loopers or spinners or have simulated pressures or overload certain sides. And the Bills, maybe from a schematic perspective, uh, weren't in good positions to win, right? So I think that they had some losses in terms of their protection schemes being challenged. But also, and this is, I think, is really, really important to be mindful of, because you can find yourself in this perpetual state of being disappointment that, disappointed that Josh Allen gets pressured. But you also have to realize that the style of football that Josh Allen plays lends itself to a lot of pressure he has a very high average time to throw he pushes three seconds he's you know one of the slowest release quarterbacks in the league year over year And that's not because Josh Allen isn't a good processor or doesn't make quick decisions it's just that he has that ability to extend plays get outside of structure hold on to the football and challenge the defense vertically and so because he has a high average time to throw That puts more stress on offensive linemen to hold on to their blocks for longer. So just keep that in mind. That's a very critical context to be mindful of as you consider Josh Allen getting pressured and um, the frustrations that inevitably come with that. Josh Allen, because of the way he plays football with a high average time to throw, stresses his protection more than most quarterbacks. And then secondly, Josh Allen's launch points are all over the place, right? He's not Tom Brady. He doesn't get the ball stand there and throw it. He moves all over the place. And as an offensive lineman and you're blocking and your quarterback, you have no idea where he is on any given play, right? I mean, this guy can be anywhere. That makes it more difficult to block as opposed to, okay, Tom Brady's going to be there at seven yards of depth directly behind the center and he'll never be anywhere else. And there's other quarterbacks that are like that. Josh Allen is all over the place. So yeah, you have normal stuff. Guys get beat, protection schemes break down. But also you have a quarterback in Josh Allen that because of the way he plays football puts a lot of stress on his offensive linemen to be able to sustain blocks and then also sustain blocks while not really knowing where the where the quarterback is. So just always keep that in mind as you uh consider pressure on Josh Allen. Uh next one here comes from Dustin. Dustin says on the latest series quarterback on Netflix, Patrick Mahomes said last year before the Bills Bengals playoff game that the Chiefs match up better against the Bills but He'd rather Cincinnati win because he wanted another shot against Burrow. What matchups do you think he was referring to, and how do we change that? Well, I'm also sure that uh, if part part of what Mahomes was referring to there is if the Bills won the game, it was going to be a neutral side AFC championship game in Atlanta, right? If the Bengals won, it was going to be a home game in Arrowhead. So that's also a, a piece of this before I get into what I think maybe Pat Mahomes was referring to. I'm sure he wanted that home game for the AFC championship as opposed to a neutral site. Uh, but when I do think about what Pat was referring to, it's definitely the chief's offense against the bills defense. And considering the context of the bills defense at the time where Trey white, you know, wasn't quite fully back and healthy. Matt Milano was banged up. He didn't have Von Miller uh, at all, right. Torn ACL. Jordan Phillips is playing with a torn rotator cuff. Daquan Jones was out for that Bengals game. Who knows how much time he would have missed. You had Jordan Poyer banged up. Micah Hyde might have played, but it would have been his first game in months since week two. So you could take all of the problems that the Bills had in that moment, or if you're Pat Mahomes, the Bengals D and all their talent and a great coordinator in Lou Anarumo. So I think that that's what it is. It was not necessarily that he felt, That at full strength, everything was better for them to play the Bills. I think it was the dynamics of the situation that would have made most people say, yeah, I think I'd rather play the Bills than the Bengals. The Bills are really banged up on defense. Oh, by the way, we get to play at home as opposed to a neutral site game in Atlanta. Uh, Next one here comes from Vin. Vin says, did Buffalo get it wrong with Isaiah Hodgins? Looks like he was able to produce when given a chance to play. I don't know how you don't say anything, but yeah, I think they did get it wrong. Um, I I understand the dynamics, right? I mean, you weren't sure about him. You didn't want him on your roster as a depth receiver. That couldn't really help you on special teams. And then, of course, he gets plucked off the practice squad. He goes to the Giants. The Giants have a massive need at wide receiver. And fortunately for Hodgins, he goes to a place where there's familiarity with him. Uh, with some of the coaches, obviously Brian Dable and Bobby Johnson and Shea Tierney, guys that he knew from their time together in Buffalo being there. And they were able to get it going pretty quick. And I think that says a lot about Hodgins and uh, his ability to meet that moment and step in and, you know, produce. And it looks like he's going to be a player for the Giants. So, yeah, I think you can look at the Bills and say, yeah, they got it wrong. Uh, especially when you consider the own, the you know, the dynamics that the Bills had at receiver, like, Jameson Crowder out for the year. Jake Kumoro out for the year. You're signing Cole Beasley and John Brown and Tanner Gentry is getting called up and playing in games. Meanwhile, Isaiah Hodgins looks like the one that got away. Now we'll see. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins is in a different position this year, entering the season than he was mid season. And, you know, very curious to see how they deploy him and, and, you know, what type of production he has now under these new circumstances. Darren Waller's part of the mix. Um but I'm sure he's going to do his best to be a uh, featured part of that passing game and make the Bills look silly for uh letting him get away. So yeah, I think I think you have to look at that situation and and feel like the, the Bills did get it wrong. Um and that, you know, that's a skill set that hopefully they could have unlocked in different ways and Felt more comfortable with it, but they didn't, right? They never did. They never got to the point where Isaiah Hodgins was regularly rostered. and got opportunities. You know, he played one game, had four catches, pretty decent, right? Uh, but right back to the practice squad and plucked off of it. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that the Bills mismanaged that situation. Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty, And And, um, you know, I think we're all rooting for Isaiah Hodgins. Seems like a great guy, and um, hopefully he does well with his opportunity. And hopefully the Bills learn from that, right? I mean, you're going to see situations like this. Nobody's perfect, right? The Bills have had other guys, right? Wyatt Teller, another example of a guy that, yeah, you shouldn't have, hindsight's twenty twenty. you shouldn't have traded him. But at the same time, like, you just don't know. You don't know if Isaiah Hodgins was going to do the same thing for you. You don't know if Wyatt Teller was going to do the same thing for you. You have no clue. I think more often than not, Brandon Bean gets it right when players get away from him. But there's some hiccups along the way. And Isaiah Hodgins looks like it's going to be the next hiccup. But again, it's not uncommon. And um, again, hopefully there's a lot learned from that situation. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. It's going to be a loaded conversation tomorrow. We're going to get our first press conferences of training camp, our first practice of training camp. There's going to be roster moves. So much to discuss tomorrow on the podcast. So make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again after practice.